the starting rotation for the Cincinnati Reds is set. And the real reasoning behind the four and five spots has me baffled. I'll tell you why on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked on Reds. Thanks for making Locked on Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker. That guy over there is Jeff Carr, and we are diehard baseball fans. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds. We have taken our love of the game, our passion for baseball, and we have turned that passion into information for you on today's podcast the pitching staff is settled mostly and with that the roster is just about finalized except we got some bad news from joseph daniel Votto about his readiness to play on opening day we also have some injury updates from minor league camp that are making both Jeff and I just a little bit sad. We're going to talk to you about all of that. But first, I want to give a shout out to one of the sponsors of today's podcast, Ultimate Baseball GM. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. Have you ever dreamed of becoming a Major League Baseball general manager and managing your own baseball franchise? Well, this is the game for you. Uh, to download the game, just visit ultimatebaseballgm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a hundred percent free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on in all caps. That's locked on in all caps. Just type that in the game. You're going to get a hundred percent boost. All right, Jeff, I think probably the place to start here is the pitching staff and welcome back. By the way, I missed you last week. Uh, uh, it's, it's difficult doing this by yourself. I know that you did this a long time by yourself. I don't know how you did that because, wow, but let's dig into the <laughs> pitching. Uh, I'm glad you're here because uh, yeah, I missed you the too, Reds buddy. Made some... I got, got this weird setup behind me. It's all blank now. Well, much like your mind most of the time. No, I'm kidding. Totally kidding. Not wrong. <laughs> Four and five, Jeff, while you were away, the Reds did some things. And uh, let's just put it out there right now. The Reds have announced that the rotation is going to consist of the big three in Hunter Green, Nicodolo, Graham Ashcraft, followed by Connor Overton and Luis Sessa. And let's start with Connor Overton because they are pitching him. There is a PR spin campaign in full progress right now. Connor Overton, man of consistency, according to the Reds. <laughs> consistency, yes. Um, let's let's talk about that consistency because last year he had a whopping 17, 18, four, four starts all last year. And when you add those four to his career total, he's got 60, 70, seven career starts in two years. And what was the word that the Reds used, Steve? Consistency. He's consistent. What? Like, that's like saying that I'm consistent going to the gym, that I'm consistent with my cardio. Like, I do it when I need to. He did it when he had to. There's no consistency to this. Like, Connor Overton gave the Reds very meaningful starts in the month of May whenever the team was just desperate for any kind of starting pitching. But to say that the Reds know that they can rely on that every fifth day, 
is absolutely silly in my mind. And there's other words that are going about it, but we're going to keep it PG here today because I just think about this as a situation that consistency is a word that they are replacing for something else and not necessarily a word, but their reasoning I think here is faulty. And this is what I was talking about in my cold open. They can spin it however they want to. They pick the guys who weren't rookies, period. That's what they did. This is not a case where I think that either one of these guys pitch better. And, and Luis Sessa is making the rotation by default. They wanted Luke Weaver in the rotation. He's hurt. So whenever he comes back, I think Connor Overton maybe gets bumped. Um, I, I think it's weird that they named him the fourth star. I think they did that so that Sessa has a few more days to build up his arm strength and, and get ready to go. Because I think whenever Luke Weaver is healthy, he replaces Connor Overton and Overton moves to the bullpen. I just find this very, very fascinating that we are relying on the consistency of seven career starts over the upside that Brandon Williamson has. And, and listen, let's talk about his four starts last season because uh, that's a total of 33 innings pitched from him last year, and that counts a couple of relief appearances as well. Uh, you know, you can you can throw numbers out there that make him look a certain way. Uh, if you look at, say, ERA. 2.73 ERA, and I know how you feel about that number, and we know how I feel about that number. So I decided to include his FIP because that is one of the numbers that we talked about uh, in our stats education over the offseason. His FIP, 3.66. So even at that, in the four starts, he was lucky. <laughs> he wasn't yeah. as good as the numbers would initially seem. Here's what I think, Jeff, uh, and, and this is where I disagree with you. I do not believe that this was a case of the Reds not wanting to start a rookie. Uh, what I believe is that they went into this spring training fully committed to having somebody that has started before, even if it was a little bit in the number four spot, followed by Brandon Williamson in the number five spot. They gave Brandon Williamson every opportunity to go out there and seize a hold of the fifth starter role and make Nick Crawl look like a genius and have yet another uh talent infusion into this rotation but what happened is brandon williamson came into camp and showed that he's still clearly not ready he was overmatched now your point is well taken if you're going to run one of these dudes out there that's going to get shelled it might as well be the young guy and let him learn on the job and i know that uh, some guys that uh you know, I listen to online Carlos Govera being one of them because he's played in the minor leagues. He pitched some, some in the big league level. Uh, he argued with my logic to let him learn on the job. He's like, you can't do that to a guy. And, and I get where he's coming from with that. But if everybody that we run out there is going to get tagged, it might as well be the young guy that could then work with Derek Johnson on a daily basis instead of being down in Louisville and not working with Derek Johnson. So that's what I would have done. That's not what the Reds did. So that leaves us with Connor Overton as the fourth starter in this rotation. He's going to be followed by Luis Sessa. Now, this falls in line with kind of what they said, at least indirectly, all offseason. There was going to be somebody that's done it before in one of these two spots. Uh, we thought it was going to be Weaver. Injury changed that. Now it's Sessa. Sessa pitched in 46 games last year, Jeff. Ten of those starts. 4.57 ERA. FIP of 502. He was lucky also. I don't know how anybody was lucky with the defense that got ran out behind these <laughs> pitchers right. last year, but apparently it was a thing. Uh, in his 46 games, he struck out 59 batters, but he walked 28. He's going to have to get a lot better about issuing the free passes if he's going to provide any help at all in this rotation. You know, I'm a little bit worried now because I think on the first three days of the week, 
the Reds are going to be in every ball game they play with yeah. Green, Lodolo, and Ashcraft on the mound. I'm excited about that. Days four and five, Jeffrey. Oh boy, I don't know. <laughs> they uh, they kind of put themselves behind the eight ball on those two days because, and, and and I don't think I could confidently say that Luke Weaver and Brandon Williamson are miles better than Luis Sessa and Connor Overton, but I kind of feel like they're at least a little bit better. Like the Reds backed themselves into a corner before spring training even started by not going out and getting anyone. And we understood it. We, we knew their logic behind it was, okay, well, we've got all these guys that are ready to go who could be called up at some point this season. We don't want to block any of those guys. That's fine. But you need seven, eight, nine starting pitchers for a season. And now we're looking at if you go seven deep, if these are the top five, let's just regale this, this logic for a minute that these are the top five starting pitchers on the Reds organization. That probably means that Williamson is sixth, or Weaver is sixth, Williamson is seventh, then Levi Stout is eighth, and then maybe Andrew Abbott is ninth. And Chase Anderson's in AAA. Don't even tell me he's on that list, but we're probably going to have to see him at some point this year. So the Reds have backed themselves into a corner where they're so very thin that if one of those three guys, Green, Lodolo, or Ashcraft, gets hurt, this could be a major issue for this team. And I hate being this way to begin the week of opening day. But just looking at this starting rotation, I'm not enthused. If, if you're talking about a world where we have to go any time at all without one of the big three. You're absolutely right. Listen, the, the fact of the matter is that the Reds are not breaking camp with their five best starting pitchers and the bullpen is a problem too. And I think maybe we should touch on that uh, coming up in the next segment before we move on. I agree with that, and I, I tell you, when we're looking at the bullpen, the good news is they made the right call on something. We'll get into what that is coming up next. Plus, Joey Votto gave us an update on his status, and we'll tell you what it means for the opening day roster and the opening day lineup. Before we get into that, though, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors today, and that's the Ultimate GM app. Download it today on the App Store or the Google Play Store and join me in playing the most realistic general manager simulation out there. This is dynasty mode for, you know, like some bigger video game, uh, baseball games, but it's just you don't play every game, but you control every aspect of your team. Trades, signings, uh upgrade your stadium you can literally uh, control your coaching staff all this other stuff you get to build your team now for me I, I've got my team on the Fairfield Hoagies. Shout out to Richard's Pizza, getting you some Hoagies with some extra onions down there in Fairfield. But uh, when it comes to my Fairfield Hoagies, it's a little bit rough because you're supposed to bring the team from the bottom to the top. And right now, we're still trying to climb out of the bottom here. Like, it's you got a little bit of money. You got to fix what happened from the most previous GM and in this ultimate GM app, things are not easy. This is not a situation where you jump into a game and all of a sudden, Hey, you can trade for Shohei Otani right away. Not going to happen. So you've got to learn how to build your team the slow way. Plus you can check out uh, ultimate GM with or without an internet connection. You don't have to have a good internet spot in order to play this game plus today locked on reds listeners get a 100 free bonus free boost to your franchise when you use the promo code locked on in the game store 
So make sure you check out this game. Check it out at probaseballgm.com. Scan the code right here in the corner if you're watching on YouTube or look it up in the App Store or the Google Play Store. That's probaseballgm.com. Ultimate Baseball GM, start your dynasty today. And speaking of today, depending on when you're listening to this, if you're listening to this on Monday, tonight, I will be live at Fretboard Brewery with Mo Egger from ESPN 1530. And you should come join us too. Come for the exciting Reds talk and stay for some great beer and some pretty darn good barbecue too. Uh, Fretboard's got it going on there in Blue Ash. But you know who doesn't have it going on, Steve? Thankfully, it's Hunter Strickland. Because he's not here anymore. The national nightmare is over. We can stop worrying about David Bell trying to bring this guy out of the bullpen in a tight situation and saying, no, 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 no. I know he's failed 50 times in a row, but this time, this time he's got to figure it out. We don't have to worry about that now. Did you see, by the way, how many times you got tagged on Twitter <laughs> yeah. when this announcement got made? There was Everybody a knew. lot of there was a lot of at coming at you when uh, when this happened. Look, I, I I imagine this was done against David Bell's wishes because it really uh, it, I really didn't think it was going to happen. I was I, I was convinced that Hunter Strickland was going to be in this bullpen. He is now not going to be in this bullpen. We're going to get Derek Law. We're going to get uh, the guys that we talked about in Alexis Diaz. We're going to get Buck Farmer. We're going to get Derek Law. Here's the exciting part. We're going to get a second lefty. In addition to Raver San Martin, we're going to get one of Bennett Souza or Alex Young. I they looked listened at to this. you. They did. They finally listened to me. Uh, thank you, Nick. Um, shout out to Nick for listening to the show. Uh, here's the deal. Uh, at the end of the day, I think it's going to be Alex Young, Jeff. I looked at the numbers where we sit currently. They Neither one of them got a lot of innings this spring. I think Alex Young had got 10 and Bennett Souza got six. Uh, yeah. But I go back to last season when I look at their numbers. In 2022, uh, Alex Young was good for 0.6 in war, a 2.36 ERA in 25 games. He actually started a game, Jeff, in what I believe had to be an opener situation. Total of 26.2 innings pitched. He struck out 21 batters in those 26 innings. Bennett Souza, not so good. He was negative one in war, an 8.41 ERA in 25 games for the White Sox. 20.1 innings pitched. Pitched, only striking out 12. So if you go back and look at their seasons last year and uh, how they've pitched this spring, Alex Young's been a little bit better this spring as well. Uh, I think Alex Young gets the nod here as the second lefty in the bullpen. Yeah, I'm very glad that this is the plan. Now, it's obvious we're, we're not necessarily talking about, you know, some really amazing lefty specialists, but at least the Reds will have a second option so that if Rivar San Martin has to come out early in the game, then you're going to see, you know, Alex Young or Bennett Souza back there in the bullpen that they could still use. Now, neither one of these guys, it's very uh, important to know that when you're talking about the Derek Law or the Joe Kunal that makes the bullpen over Hunter Strickland, and when you're talking about Alex Young or Bennett Sousa, these are guys that are the last arms in the bullpen. They should not be the first guys out the door. They probably shouldn't be the second or the third guys out of the door, but in specific situations, they could be used. So I'm, I'm very glad that at least the Reds are going with this. And maybe Nick Crawl spoke some sense into David Bell, who is a situational savant, 
maybe savant's a strong word but he loves himself some situational managing and, and so you give him another bullet in the gun for that i i think that this is a right move on a roster that obviously is still waiting on its young guys to come up and take a hold of some different spots. Who's going to fit where is Levi Stout going to be in the rotation? He's, is he going to be in the bullpen? Is Luis Sessa and Connor Overton long for this rotation? Like this, this roster is going to be in flux. And as much as I am overreacting about this fourth and fifth spot in the rotation, that's going to be a revolving door. The bullpen's going to be a revolving door. We're going to see a lot of different guys in here because Ricky Karcher, Casey Legumina, um, maybe we'll see Joe Boyle later on this season with his triple digit fastball, maybe Connor Phillips. Like there's a lot that could happen with this pitching staff, but to kind of round out our pitching discussion here, when I look at the staff on opening day, I see lots of deficiencies and not a lot of guys that I'm like, okay, well, if they struggle, I know it's for a reason because they're going to be here in the future. Not many of those guys are on that ro- on this roster right Yeah, this is going to be an ever-evolving situation. So it's important, if you're listening, to click a subscribe button because we'll keep you locked on this roster uh, the entire season. It's going to be a lot of news every single day. I'm fairly certain of it. But speaking of news, uh, we did get some news from Joey Votto, and it's still a little vague. I think you got to read between the lines about what's being said. Uh, He's not outright saying it, but it's certainly not pointing the direction we want to go as far as Joey Votto and his readiness to be in the opening day roster. Yeah. I think that if, if there's anything that we can glean from his career, it's that Joey is not one to be super poignant about whether he will or will not do something. And especially when it comes to whether he won't do something. He really doesn't want to say that. He doesn't like to say the word no. So he's not going to come out and say, no, I'm not going to be on the opening day roster. But based on a lot of quotes that he has given to Reds beat reporters here recently, it seems to point to him not being ready for opening day. And I start with this. This is the first thing that Mark Sheldon had in his article on MLB.com. He said, I haven't played in any nine inning games. And he means the spring training. We play every day. We play a nine inning game every single day for six months. More than anything, I'm coming back from a surgery that involves a longer rehab. I want to make sure I am fully prepared when I come back. That sounds like a guy who doesn't think he's fully prepared to come back. Yeah, it definitely sounds like Joey's not where Joey wants to be. I think that, you know, we've seen him coming along. I know that, uh, you were busy uh, relocating within the Queen City and didn't get to sit down with uh, Charlie Goldsmith. But when Charlie and I were talking about this, we both got the same read. We've seen progressions in Joey Votto's at-bats and his swings. Yes. Uh, and that stand-up double that he had the other day seemed to be another corner being turned. He's getting there. But he, but Joey's being honest, and I think we all see the same thing with the eye test, which is that he's not quite there. So if you take that first quote and you take what we've seen and you combine it with the second quote Jeff I think that Joey's saying I'm not gonna play opening day without saying I'm not gonna play opening day yeah because he followed it up with this there is a reason guys ramp up and do the three out of four days seven innings nine innings and they do that for a stretch of time Joey Votto was talking about he said I'm happy about the progress My swing doesn't feel ready yet. My legs don't feel ready yet, but I'm working hard defensively on the bases and in competition to be back as soon as possible. Now, 
could he get his swing ready and could he get his legs ready between now and opening day? There's an outside shot. He could do some inner squad scrimmaging. He could do some minor league games, but he went on to talk about in this article. He said, that's not going to do it. Like guys, veteran players know minor league games are not the answer. You do not get ready for game speed in those situations. So he is admitting. And I think, that we're looking at an opening day roster without Joey Votto. So what does that mean for that last spot now that becomes maybe the last two spots? Well, as we're going to talk about coming up, it doesn't mean CES. We're not going to get some surprise move with a guy coming back over from minor league. Unfortunately, no. I think what's going to happen is we're going to get some Jason Vossler on this roster to start the season. And that doesn't mean that I'm saying Vossler is going to be playing first base. Uh, We're going to see Will Myers at first base uh, being spelled by Spencer Steer, being spelled by Tyler Stevenson, uh, being spelled by a couple other guys that they can stick over there just to kind of make it work until Joey gets back. I think that, you know, we're probably talking about a few extra weeks, not a month uh, of playing without Joey Votto. I think we'll see Joey mid-April at the latest. And that's the uh, but right. That means, but that means Jason Vossler is going to be around. I don't know. And I don't even know how much Jason Vossler is going to play. He's going to be a guy with a uniform sitting on the bench most of the time. But we know David Bell uses those dudes. Uh, he can't help himself because he likes to tinker and he likes to make all of the in-game switches and adjustments. So... That's the thing with David Bell as your manager. Some managers, you can you can hide a guy down there on the end of the bench, and he's only going to play in, in the most emergency of situations. That's not David Bell. He uses everything he's got pretty much on a nightly basis. So Vossler's yep. going to play. I don't think he'll start a lot. I don't think he'll get a lot of critical at-bats, but he's going to be around, and we're going to see him until Joey's healthy. Well, and the bench just doesn't have that many left-handed bats, and Vossler's a lefty, so I think that – that just kind of bodes well for his uh, prospects to make this roster because the losing a lefty and Joey Votto, I don't think they're going to be want to be like, okay, we'll trade a lefty for a righty here. I think it'll probably be Jason Bossler. Yeah, I think that's where we're at. Joey Votto, not going to be ready. That opens the doors for Vossler to at least play. Uh, maybe he can be the surprise. We we get one of those every year, right? Maybe it's going to be, nice. be Vossler. <laughs> maybe it's going to be Vossler that we can trade away at the all-star break for something good all right some sad news coming up jeff two key players for the reds over in minor league camp Uh, they're not going to be starting the season the way that we thought they were and that could make their arrival times in cincinnati later than we hoped they would be we're going to tell you who we're talking about and what happened coming up here in just a minute but before we get to that i want to talk to you about one of the sponsors of today's podcast today's show is brought to you by built bar uh, Built's got their own March Madness going on right now. And if your bracket's like mine, if your bracket's like Jeff's and like most of the countries, it's destroyed. Here's an opportunity to make a new bracket and you can do it over at Built Bar because you get to pick whether your favorite puff or bar is the favorite puff or bar. Now is the time to head to BuiltMarchMadness.com and vote for your favorites in your own bracket style competition. As you know, I will be voting for the churro puff because it is the best puff that they've got on the market head to built right now and vote for your favorite 
bar or puff. Uh, when you do that, you're going to be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of built. And not only that, but one of you guys are going to get a 12 month subscription to built. That's 12 months of built bar. Uh, you're going to get built's best flavors, built's best bars, their best puffs delivered to you for a month, for a year. Oh, got tongue tied guys delivered right to your door. You got to try built built is the best protein bar ever. It's amazing. You're not even going to know they're good for you. Why are they so good? It's because they're high in protein, they're low in sugar, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now and vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. Uh, and you can vote every day in March. So hop in, support your favorite one, and get yourself some Built Bar. You're going to thank me later. All right, coming up. Uh, you can follow us on all platforms, including YouTube. Make sure you're following us on Twitter between shows. You can follow me at S Offenbaker. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three F's. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. Okay, Jeffrey, not great news coming out of minor league camp. There's a couple dudes hurt and a couple dudes that we are both banking on being around sooner than later for these Cincinnati Reds. But those arrival dates may now be delayed. Yeah, we've been talking a lot. I've been talking a lot specifically about the idea of Ellie De La Cruz coming up in May around Memorial Day, something like that. That might not happen now because Ellie De La Cruz is dealing with a left hamstring strain. He uh, suffered the injury back on March 18th, and he is reportedly due back on April 12th. Now, this report is coming from Charlie Goldsmith of the Inquirer, and both guys are slated to begin the year in Louisville uh, between Ellie De La Cruz and Christian Encarnacion Strand, but both guys will be delayed. And I have to imagine, especially uh, before we get into CES's injury, when it comes to a hamstring strain, if it's later than April 12th, it's later than April 12th. We are not trying to rush Ellie De La Cruz by any stretch of the imagination. I'm going to say the same thing that I said when Jonathan India hurt his hamstring last year and nobody was willing to listen. Everybody poo-pooed what I was saying and I was right and I didn't want to be right. They have to protect these players from themselves. Ellie De La Cruz is going to want to play as soon as possible. He's going to want to play today. You cannot let him do that. Hamstrings are notoriously long healing injuries. They're very easy to re-injure. Again, see Jonathan India last season. Ellie De La Cruz needs to be shut down until he is 100%. And they need to move him along slowly. This cannot be lingering. It cannot be nagging. They cannot allow this to derail him. And the, the tendency is going to be to listen to the player. And the player is going to tell you he's ready to go. Whenever Ellie De La Cruz says he's ready to go, add three weeks. I'm, I'm being serious here, Jeff. They cannot screw this up because he has too much talent and he's too important. And if we got to wait three extra weeks, we got to wait three extra weeks. Yeah, like uh, I think at the end of the day, if this means he comes up in June or, or, or even July, like that's fine. I want him to be 100%. I want him to not have any risk of re-injury at least of this specific injury i know there's always a risk of something happening but yeah that's that's what i'm looking at when it comes to la de la cruz and then also for christian incarnacion strand he was originally injured back on february 13th with a slight disc herniation in his back now he played through that you'll remember he was the best hitter in the cactus league with this injury but once he was sent down a minor league camp 
they were kind of, you know, very cautious with this. He actually has not played in the last week in any minor league game. So they say that CES is likely to return full minor league action by April 24th. He could be, you know, potentially a part-time player or a DH beginning April 19th. But, and, and also this, and, and CES was not a guy we were looking at for May. I mean, he was probably a June or July kind of guy. Maybe this pushes him back to August or even September at this point. But again, this, it, it's it's not a hamstring injury, but being a back injury, we're dealing too much with that already. Let's not mess around with any of this. When I hear injuries to prospects, to guys who are close to the major leagues like this, and, and as much as we want to see him, as much as you and I want to see Ellie De La Cruz and Christian Encarnacion Strand mashing at Great American Ballpark this year, I don't want it if it's going to be at a risk of uh, damaging their long-term future. Yeah, with CES, just like I said with Ellie De La Cruz, they need to wait. And when the when the player says they're ready, wait a little bit longer. I understand the the desire to get them there. The fans want to see it. The ownership group wants to see it. The front office wants to see it. Everybody wants to see it. Let's let's take a pause and make sure they're one hundred percent healthy before you restart them. Who this is good for is Matt McClain. If he stays healthy and mm-hmm. goes down to Louisville and continues to to mash the ball like he was doing in spring training. Uh, we'll see Matt McLean now sooner than I thought we were going to. I had him kind of pegged as an all-star break kind of guy this year. Uh, I think we could see him in May now, depending on what the big league roster does, injuries, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But this is good for him. I, I hope he recognizes the opportunity that he now has and that he needs to really buckle down and continue to perform because he could be the next man up. Well, and you know who else this is good for? It was Jose Barrero. Like, I, I think that not necessarily loot, you know, lessening the pressure on him any, but it at least gives us a little bit more of a time frame here with which to watch him because we're not going to be clamoring for a hurt Ellie De La Cruz to come up and take his spot. Like the guy's got to be healthy. The guy's got to be performing well to come up and take the major league spot. I don't want to, you know, push a less than 100% dude into that situation. So this is something that Jose Barrero may be able to, at least have a little bit more leeway to get, you know, he's still got to play like this isn't like, okay, now you're good. You can just hang out here. Like you still got to perform and we still haven't seen it to the extent that we want to, but this at least keeps uh, the objects that are, you know, in the rear view mirror closer than they appear. They might actually be a little bit further back. Well, one thing's for sure. Jeff is going to have a lot more to say about this and he's going to be talking about it at fretboard tonight if you're listening on monday he is at fretboard tonight with mo egger of espn 1530 uh i'm glad you went out and got somebody that kind of looks like me to sit in my chair jeff while i am away you know uh not quite as handsome but have the facial hair he doesn't have the goatee going on but you know he's got the right hairdo Uh, i'm glad mo was able to pinch hit for me Uh, i couldn't quite get the town in time for this i'm bummed because we did this once before and it was so much fun fun. Uh, lots of red talk let reds talk lots of question and answer lots of trivia and lots of great beer out at fretboard so go join jeff and mo out in blue ash at fretboard tonight if you're listening on monday 7 p.m start time and with that that is going to do it 
for this edition of Locked on Reds. Uh, Jeff, have fun out there at Fretboard. I uh, can't wait to hear it uh, posted in the audio and video feeds on Tuesday. Uh, thanks for making Locked on Reds your first listen. Now for your second listen, check out the Locked on Fantasy Baseball podcast. You can win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find the Locked on Fantasy Baseball podcast wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, just like Locked on Reds, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Jeffrey, there is regular season baseball this week. You and I are going to be in person together in Cincinnati for a bunch of days. I'm so excited. And it's almost opening day. What does that mean for the everyday listener? Happy opening day week, everyone. We are going to be all over what the final roster looks like, the opening day lineup. We're going to be talking about Hunter Green and getting you ready for the start of the season. Plus, make sure you show up. I mean, Fretboard Brewery is an awesome brewery. Got a great beer there. Center field. Got some great barbecue. They have amazing pulled pork barbecue fries. You got to check it out. It's Fretboard and Blue Ash. Mo Egger, myself, and hopefully you will be talking some Reds. Because we are going to be locked on Reds every single day. What's the over under on the number of beers you're going to drink? Um, take the over.